your journey and own it because I think one of the main reasons we don't do that is because we have a fear of judgment. And yeah. one of our biggest fears just that runs. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today we're sitting down with Jill Stanton of Screw the 925 to talk about how she was able to scale her and her husband's online business to the place where it is now allowing them the location freedom to travel around the world doing what they love and empowering young entrepreneurs to take charge of their future and to create a life that makes them feel fulfilled and empowered, which as you guys know, is the mission that I am on with this podcast each and every day. So I was super stoked to sit down with Jill, allow her to share her message with you guys today, share her story as well. It's super fascinating how she got started through affiliate marketing and then transitioning into info products and then transitioning out of info products back into the affiliate marketing side of things. So if you guys are interested at all in affiliate marketing or info products or just online marketing in general, this podcast is going to be extremely informational, enlightening, and inspirational for you. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Jill Stanton on to the podcast. So wherever you guys are at today, whether you are walking the dog, whether you are commuting to work, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with Jill Stanton. All right, Jill, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm going good. I'm, I'm pumped to dive in and I love the name of this Young Smart Money. That's like three things I want to be all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, that's the name of the game. So Jill, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you in the intro to this episode, but for those of them that aren't super familiar with who you are and what you're currently working on right now, give us like a 60 to 90 second snapshot of where you are in time right now. Yeah, sweet. So I'm one half of Screw the 9 to 5. My husband, Josh, is the other half. And we are creating a the destination for up-and-coming entrepreneurs to get the info and inspo they need to get their businesses off the ground and make them money. Mm. So that is the gist. Um, and I guess like if you're new to our world, um, we sell nothing and make money doing it, which sounds <laughs> crazy. Um, but we run on an affiliate revenue model. So uh, last year, we shut down all our paid programs and products and membership and everything to go fully affiliate in the name of creating this like massive content phenom that serves the up and coming entrepreneurs. I love it so much. That's a mission that I can definitely get behind and I'm super <laughs> stoked to dive deeper into it. Sweet. <laughs> Awesome. So the place I like to start all the interviews off at, since we do have a younger listener base here, is flashing back in time to like middle school, high school years. So I'm always curious how people got started. So in that time frame, were you somebody who was getting started with entrepreneurship? Were you taking school very seriously, sports, music? What'd that look like for you? None of, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I was taking nothing seriously. I, um, so I always knew I wanted to be involved in video in some capacity, like presence. I thought I wanted to be a TV host and then I was going to move to LA and like all these big sexy dreams of working and broadcasting. And then I met my husband, Josh, and all of that started being transitioned into an online setting. So I realized, oh, wait a minute. I wouldn't have to work for a TV network. I wouldn't have to work from the bottom up. I wouldn't have to go to like Nunavut, Canada just <laughs> to get a TV hosting spot. You know, I could do this on my own and control the whole process. So it allowed me a creative outlet in that respect and that I get to do 
all the video things and all the podcasting things, um, but call the shots with it. So that's the full circle moment right there. But like middle school, high school, yeah, I was just trying to like not get beaten up, to be honest, <laughs> because I had a real, just like interesting few years with some pretty merciless, merciless, mercilessly being bullied. Um, and so really those were survival years for me. So I was not doing anything to make myself stand out. I wasn't trying to make money. I was like working jobs. Um, I come from parents who are like big nine to fivers, like, please settle down and get a real job, Jill. Um, like even still, my mom still says like, are you guys okay for money? I'm like, we've been doing this seven years now. Like, we're good. Um, but yeah, so I just think in high school and middle school, truly, I was just like playing the game to survive and really not get the hell beaten out of me. So yeah. um, it wasn't really until I met Josh, honestly, like it sounds so lame that I was like, and then my husband, husband saved me. Like I always knew I wanted to be in control of my life and call the yeah. shots, but I just didn't even know about this whole online world. I met a, um, I had a dream of pitching a TV show, which was like a blend of sex in the city meets the view. It was called 20 something, 20 something TV. And I met a TV producer or just, sorry, a producer in general and pitched that idea to him and got started an online video back in 2006, like days of MySpace, wow. truly when I watched online video. So it was well before it's time, but I didn't know anyone could actually make decent cash online until I met Josh. And so that really started my entrepreneurial path. For sure. So was he already like doing like online businesses and like hustling yeah. it out? Okay. Yeah. He had a software company at the time. Um, he had niche sites and he was just getting started selling his first program and he had a previous partner. So they were killing the game but josh was still very much similar to as he is now very much in the background like you wouldn't have known his name online whatsoever um he was like the ops of this partnership he did all the operations and the tech side of things the seo side of things all of that but um yeah he he opened my eyes to this big beautiful world <laughs> of, of online entrepreneurship and making money online and from there i just like drank the kool-aid and never went back a hundred percent. So like when you first got started, like what kind of stuff were you doing? Cause it sounds like Josh was doing a bunch of different projects. Did you come on um, starting off helping him out? Did you start your own thing? So I actually got started. Um, I got my start with a social media management business because I was watching him build these companies, make all this money, work very few hours, truthfully, if I'm being honest, outside of launch periods. Um, and so at the time I was bartending and my boss who owned the venue brought me in to talk about video marketing and I left by um, pitching him services. <laughs> like I just very much winged it. I was like, what do I have to lose? I'm bartending, right? Yeah. So I picked him to manage his three venues on social media. He said yes and I was like, oh, BTW, I quit bartending as well. Um, <laughs> and that was my first like real profitable business. Um, but I was trading dollars for hours. And so it was probably about a year and a half, maybe max two years until Josh and I teamed up. We were both starting to feel quite disenchanted in our business. We had been together at that point for like three and a bit years. And he said to me like, what if we start our own business? Like what happens if we just get started? We could start an affiliate site. I was like, yes, love that idea. What's 
an affiliate site though. <laughs> like I was so green. Um, and so he very much just like to say he mentored me is kind again, sounds kind of lame, but it's true. Like he showed me the ropes. He taught me how to write content online. And from there, it was just a process of like us creating content, seeing what works, tearing down what doesn't, amplifying what does. And from there, we just started building and building and building. And in that one year alone, we got our business up to, I think by the end of our affiliate marketing game, like with our niche sites, we had close to, no, over 30 sites in different niches, skincare, beauty, health, supplements, um, personal hygiene, shoes, all sorts of things. Um, and we sold a bunch to go all in on Screw the 9 to 5. We had this idea. I'm sorry, I'm going all over the place, but just let me put a bow on yeah, it. Yeah. At the end of 2012, when our business was starting to make money, obviously people are like, what are you doing for money? Jill doesn't work anymore. Like, are you drug dealers? What's happening? <laughs> and so we realized, like, we should start sharing the story. We we're about to move to Thailand because we had a... We had replaced our income with our affiliate sites. Um, and Josh was saying, we should share this and, like like detail our travels. And I was like, yes, we should like, what should we call it though? And it's on our wedding week and I'm a few rums in, I'm just going to own it. And <laughs> we were like, I was like, screw the nine to five. And both of us were like, Oh my God, let's see if it's available. And so we registered it right there. And honestly, that was in the end of 2012. And it's been a process ever since of trying to piece it all together and see what works and see what people respond to. And, and get clear on our mission and like what we're here to do with the screw and really take that to another level because it's a never ending process of like personal growth and, and just going down the entrepreneurial journey and trying to create the best work you can. For sure. I love it. I love it. And there's so many questions that brought up for me. Um, the first thing I want to do though, is like for our listeners that, that were in your shoes a while back and they're like, what is an affiliate site? Could you like break yeah. that down for us really quick? Yeah. Yes. And I don't know if this would be helpful, but I feel like it will just in case sure. I miss over anything is I have a blog post that is all like the ultimate guide to affiliate marketing mm. and it'll break it all down just in case anyone's like, that sounds good. I want to learn more. I don't yeah. know where to start. So it'll, it'll show you, I can send it to you for your yeah, show notes, but essentially it's connecting your audience to the people, products, programs, and services you use, like, or believe in, and you get a link. It's an affiliate link. It's got tracking coding in it. And if <clears throat> excuse me, someone clicks that link and goes through and makes a purchase, you get a commission. So it's essentially suggesting versus selling. You're shining mm. a light on the things you love, use, believe in, and you're hooking your audience up with them. A lot of people will give you free trials to things so that you can hook your audience up with free trials or discounts or anything like that. And then you get them into the merchant's world and then they take it from there. So you're essentially like you send traffic leads and attention and the merchants take care of the conversion and the selling. Hmm, perfect. So yeah, you're being like a, a marketer for these, these different products, yeah. services, brands, whatever. So why are talk to us about that process of starting the first one? Cause you said you got up to like 30 at one point. So, so that first yeah. site, um, what was it about? Skincare. Skincare. Which okay. is ridiculous because like both Josh and I never had a passion for skincare <laughs> whatsoever. We just knew like we were, we we're honestly like, and I can't imagine we're the only ones. We didn't really have a passion, like a quote unquote, something that lit us up at that point in our lives that we were looking to build a business around. We were looking for quick wins. We were looking to make money at that time. And yeah. the reason we landed on skincare was because a lot of people buy skincare stuff online because they mm. don't necessarily always want to walk into stores or they're always looking for deals 
or, you know, they may feel embarrassed about some of the things that they're searching for. They don't want to go talk to like a, a salesperson at a store or a department sure. store or something. Be like, how can I get rid of this crushing acne all over my body? <laughs> you know, they want to like search for information online. So we were creating the best content we could about these specific products and people search for information on particular products, which means those products have uh, search traffic on Google. And if you know how to attract them and rank, you can start creating some serious revenue done solely through passive income. You create content that attracts the right people. They read it, like it, click your links, make a purchase, you get paid. So at that time, we were just like, I believe people will buy stuff online or I believe people will buy skincare online. We need to figure out something that works for us. Let's hit this, create the best site we possibly can and rinse and repeat. And that's all we did for a year straight, truthfully. Wow. So was it tough for you to, for you guys to produce that content or like stay motivated on this site when it wasn't something that you were passionate about? When, when skincare wasn't something that like got you genuinely fired up? Eventually, yes. But the way I kind of rejigged that because it didn't bother me at first. Like I wasn't, I, I didn't think like, oh, it's unfortunate that I'm writing about something I don't have a passion of about because I was mostly revved up and passionate for building a business together. Mm -hmm. Like that was like, I'm, I'm passionate about running businesses. That was what was fueling me at that point. The momentum, right? Like you yeah. get some wins under you. You're like, shit, this is fun. You know, I yeah. want to do this more. Like how many more can we do? And you just get into this rhythm of it. Eventually. Yeah. I burnt out from writing about skincare nonstop, but then I just hired writers. Mm. Right. So you can just start to arm up your team and plug holes that you'd no longer want to do or no longer have the capacity to do. Um, so that's what we did. We just started bringing on writers. Sure. So what was, what was, when did the decision come to basically expand past this first skincare website? Within probably three months. Wow. So you guys see yeah. traction that quickly? Yeah, we saw we had our first thousand dollar month in six weeks. Wow. That's that's yeah. a quick win. Yeah. So we were like, and it was eleven it was one thousand one hundred and eleven dollars. And I was like, <laughs> this is a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit the gas. Um, <laughs> so yeah, our first big month was eleven eleven. And I was like, let's hit it. And the fact that we saw things working like this and yeah. like traffic was easy to get guest posts were easy to get for linking purposes. Our email list was growing. People were sharing our content. Our social media was growing. Like it was just also encouraging that then we just started being like, okay, what other niches could we hit that kind of live around this space, but isn't skincare and beauty was the next hit for us. Sure. So that was an easy transition because so many so many women buy beauty products online, right? And this was the time that Pinterest was coming out mm -hmm. and it was exploding. I remember we did a post on how to tan with tea, like how to make fake tanner with tea. And this, I've qu I quickly learned a lesson here. Um, we got a million something hits off Pinterest in two months and we we're like, what is happening? But it was a DIY post using tea. So we're like, how do you even monetize that? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, there's no affiliate program programs for tea. <laughs> so, um, that was a quick lesson. Like, you know, social media traffic can be amazing. Assuming it's going to stuff that actually makes money. For sure. Um, in case it wasn't, but it, it's perfect lesson learned. Yeah.
Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a bunch of different traffic sources for your site from like guest posts to backlinks and all these different things. So could you sort of break down how a niche site like that gets traffic to it? Like how do you get people to, to a page or to a blog or to whatever about like skincare? Yeah. So at the time, this is 2012. And I sure. say that because it's very different now. Okay. <laughs> right. Like SEO was really easy <laughs> back in 2012 before, you know, updates and all these things coming in. It's when you could still buy links. It's when you could like um, buy expired domains that had huge authority and recreate them to point to, you know what? There were so many hacks back then. Now they're a bit more stringent with things, but there's so many things you can do now. So guest posting is always a win, right? That's super easy. The beauty of guest posting is big content sites always, always need content. Because if you think of something like Mind Body Green or Pop Sugar or any of these big content powerhouses, they're cranking out like honest to God, six to 10 posts a day. So they are constantly needing content. So if you can come up with creative angles and creative story ideas and creative posts, you can potentially get a guest post or a contribution on these big content sites, which link back to your site. Now, why that's important is because Google is a link-based algorithm, which means they look at these links coming from other sites to your site as the, those sites vouching for your site. Like, mm. yes, we will link to the site because we believe that they're of enough, of high enough quality that, you know, we're happy to link to them. So that allows you to rank for key phrases, assuming you know how to do it keyword research and all that. And I can explain the basis of that. I just don't want to rabbit hole. So people are sure. like, what, what the fuck is this interview? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but truthfully, the main piece of it is you want to get other sites linking to your site as much as possible by either doing things like this podcast interviews, um, guest posts, contributions on other major content networks. Um, of course, building audience on social media. You could do local media, like who's to say, like those people need content all the time. Local TV, local magazines, local radio, local newspapers, just starting to get the word out there on whatever you're building. Um, that's a key piece because attention is money online. And so it needs to be one of your major priorities to build it if you wanna make any kind of money. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thinking about attention as a currency is, is something that's really been valuable for me. Cause like if you have those eyeballs, I mean like the whole premise of affiliate marketing is like directing those eyeballs to different like offers, people, products. And that's, that's just power right there. Yeah. Especially. So attention is power, but resonance is the fuel, right? Mm. Like, yeah, you can have attention. Like, yeah, you can have a million followers on Instagram, which is great. But if you've gamed that, and they don't actually give a shit, yep. then you have zero resonance there. But if you have a following of a thousand people and they would do anything to support you, they click, read, listen, buy anything you put out there, that's power, right? Mm. Now you're gaining steam. Now you've got an audience of believers who will follow you, who will support you, who will consume what you put out there, who will share what you put out there. And that is where things really start picking up. That's why when people are like, but I don't have a big audience. I'm like, that's your unfair advantage though. Because smaller audiences means intimacy. It means that you can reach out to people and say, thank you so much for following me. Like, tell me a bit about you. How can I support you? 
that kind of stuff. Like if you can start building those relationships early on in the game, you set yourself up to win in such a big way. Completely agree. And like case study of that, um, two episodes ago, I interviewed these guys who are 19 and 21 years old. And in the last like six months, they made over $2 million selling an online course. And between the two of them, they don't have more than 15,000 followers across all their social platforms. Like, wow. Yeah. And, and they made their first, they made their first million dollars in like three months with literally like less than 10,000 followers between the two of them. So like you really, it's all about the, the quality of the connection. It's not about like having a million followers um, that don't care about you. It's about having that, that loyal tribe of people that will like go to like the ends of the earth with you because they know, yeah. like, and trust you. Yeah. So, 100%. Do you have any advice for a young listener who's working on building like a personal brand or a niche site on how they can start to develop that resonance with their audience? Be you, be a human, like share the transparent, the scary side, right? The stuff we don't actually want to share. Like, I can't, oh my God, where do I even start? Because we started doing this last year and I, I noticed like how appreciated it was just like peeling back the curtain and be like, this is us guys. Like no more bullshit. Here's where we're at. This is what we're going through. Like we did an episode around like how much money we've made versus how much we've kept because we've made mm. close to $2 million. But at that time had only kept like, I think it was like 106,000. Right. So like, that's that big splashy like oh my god we've made 1.7 million dollars but like then you keep a hundred thousand of it and it yeah. tells a very different story right so we shared that people were like holy mother of god thank you so much so that kind of stuff builds resonance or the fact that we shut down all of our products programs and services and we opened up as to why we did that and like our reasoning around that and like that was a scary af decision for us to make you know so just sharing the highlight reel as in r-e-a-l versus the instagram highlight reel which is the fucking nonsense we're always bombarded with like the shiny everything really <laughs> like the shiny bullshit that we all put out there what happens if you actually opened up, pulled back the curtain and show people what's really going on? And I'm not saying you have to tell them the depressing shit. I'm just saying, let them in on the story with you. Let them be a part of your journey and own it. Because I think one of the main reasons we don't do that is because we have a fear of judgment. And oh, yeah. one of our biggest fears just that runs our lives, just not just me, you, anyone listening, always comes down to two things, approval and control, right? Like we want other people's approval. It's a big fear that runs a lot of us and we want control. We want to be able to control our outcomes. We want to be able to control our situations. We want to be able to control our future. And when you strip that all away and you realize you don't have control over anything, right? Other than the thoughts you think. And everyone's approval doesn't actually make that much of a dent in your life. Then you'll start to strip away that stuff and then own your story transparently and confidently and people will vibe with that. That's what they want. I think people want real, right? They don't want perfect. They okay. want... They just want real. They just want you. They just want you to show up and be a fucking human. You know, <laughs> they just want social media to go back to like what it used to be, where you were chatting with your friends and where you were having actual conversations, not just like trying to be something you're not. 
because you mm-hmm. think that that's what people want to see. Especially, I feel like, I feel like I grew up with an advantage of not having social media and then a disadvantage of not having social media because growing up without social media, so with my bullying background, I can't even imagine what that would have been like if social media was in the mix of it because like I was tortured at school, right? So I can't even imagine if that was then on Facebook, like that would have been psychological warfare. But then there's this disadvantage because everyone who is up and coming right now, if you're in your late teens or in your young 20s or even mid 20s, you have this huge advantage that none of us had. I mean, none of us. I'm like a whole 37, but still, <laughs> I'm older. <laughs> I'm older than people in their young 20s. You have this huge advantage where you have people listening and wanting to connect with people and they want to gel with people who have real transparent stories and are willing to let you in on a slice of their life. And then of course, give you an opportunity to get either more access from them or to them or learn from them or be around them at live events or anything like that. So you have this like two-sided sword almost like I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to start ra- rambling, but I just think that so many people who are in that position right now, like you could get started for as little as honestly, like 50 bucks right now with starting a a business. You just use your best social media channel where your people are hanging out. You get a website going, you get an email list set up and you go to town. You start talking about things. You start giving value. You start sharing feedback, strategies, ways of thinking, ways to improve their life, their relationships, their habits, their money, whatever it is, right? Like these big money topics. People will always pay for things that help them improve their financial situation, their relationships, or their health. Mm. Um, If you can help people get results in one of those areas, even if you drill down into like one of those micro niches, you can build a business with barely any startup capital and just build an audience of people who believe in you and want to hear from you. And I think as long as you have a thick skin and can handle some trolling because (laughs) it's the internet. Oh, yeah. You, you can set yourself up for a seriously exciting future. I, I, could not, I could not agree more with what you just said there. There's a lot of amazing value you just provided. Um, I'm curious as to like right now, what's the role of social media on your business? I know a lot of young people that message me, they're getting trapped up in this, in this area where like social media is like their entire lives and like their entire mm-hmm. business is like their Instagram following. So like how, how do you think about the role of social media in your business right now? Yeah, that's a dangerous place to be when your whole business is your Instagram profile. I think people who are operating that way are playing a nasty game of roulette because Instagram can shut it all down tomorrow. Like I had a girlfriend who had a clothing boutique in the Gold Coast, like on the Gold Coast of Australia, like a a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And she had 30 something thousand followers, which is great for a local boutique until she woke up and her IG was gone. And she was devastated because she didn't build an email list for her customers. She had them all on IG and it was gone overnight. Like that's a crushing blow to a brick and mortar, right? Or there's a girl online, Alex Beaton, and she's known in, in for Instagram strategies and stuff, but she used to have a huge YouTube platform. And then she woke up and her YouTube channel was gone with like hot, like, tens of thousands of subscribers and so many views and so many videos, none of it backed up, all of it gone. You rely solely on social media and you are playing a dangerous game. Now for me, I like this stuff. This is how I build an audience. I get on other people's platforms. 
I'm not the best with social media. Like I try my hardest. <laughs> I really, really do. But I said to Josh the other day, it took me 45 minutes to write a fucking caption. <laughs> like that is a huge amount of time. And we don't have that many followers. Like that sounds obnoxious because we have over 30,000, but like some people have hundreds of thousands. Like I can't even imagine the amount of comments, DMs, requests, like the constant bandwidth struggle that must be for people. Instead, I believe in using media, like getting on people's uh, podcasts, writing guest posts, but mostly like my single focus for this is mainstream. Like I want the earned media mm. because here's a fun fact, earned media, damn it, I'm blanking on my stat, but I think it was like 92% of people trust earned media now. And that's like mainstream, like TV, magazines, newspapers, things that like can't just poke, post fake shit and get away with it, you know? Yeah. And because we're in this like, fake news era of all this nonsense, people no longer trust like instantaneously what people on social media post, right? Like they need to fact check and stuff. You know, they, if someone makes this big bold claim and then someone else is like, no, then you're like, who do I believe? Whereas earned media, so big publications, TV shows, mainstream newspapers, radio, magazines, all that, they have processes in place to make sure what they're actually posting is true one objective and worth it and so if you can get on those platforms and use those things to build your audience like you oh you're winning the effing game at that point because you're not relying just on social media which can be taken away like this and you can drive people into your site get them on your email list which is an asset you own and then continue to nurture them engage with them build a relationship with them and serve the hell out of them so that's, that's my take on social media. I'm kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> like with earned media though, the line's getting kind of blurry because there are so many people who, I mean, you can just pay. There's so many people that message me literally every single day on Instagram. They're like, Hey, pay me like a thousand dollars and I'll get you in Forbes or pay me a thousand dollars and I'll mention you an entrepreneur. A hundred percent. So I'm talking about like, like the big shit. You know okay. what I mean? Like if I, if we're talking entrepreneur.com, I'm talking entrepreneur magazine. Okay. Like I'm talking the print stuff, not just like a guest contributor on a platform that takes guest contributors. I'm talking about like wall street journal, CSNBC, that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Like, like platforms that there's some vet, um, vetting yeah. involved. Yeah. And you need to earn your way there. So that's <laughs> what I mean with earned media, not just like content platforms that are always on the lookout for content. And I get those things too. And I'm just like, homie, come on. <laughs> Who's paying for this, right? Like you must be getting paid to shout people out in your pieces if people are hitting people up on DM this yeah. much. But I just think if, if you can get on traditional mainstream media, you're, you're winning, you're, you're killing the game at that point. 100%, 100%. Could not, yeah, could not agree with you more on that. Now, one thing that I'm curious about, because it sounds like when you were building out all these niche pages, you definitely had to be building a team around you of, of at least writers and probably like web developers as well, um, maybe some other kind of people. But as of right now, um, what is your team looking like? So right, okay, so when we shut down basically everything, <laughs> our free group, our paid group, all of our products, um, we stripped our team. So we have a podcast editor, for sure, obviously. We have necessary. a VA, so necessary. We do three episodes a week. I ain't editing that at all. Um, a VA, and we're bringing on a content writer. So we're lean and mean. 
because I do this, wow. like I run, I'm face and voice and Josh is operations and he's so skilled and gifted in that space. Um, both of us do content and we have no products, right? We have no customers. We have no fulfillment, no customer support, mm. no community management needed, none of that. We had a very bloated team before. There was community managers and con and support and integrators and podcast editors and VAs and ads managers and all this stuff. And our expenses were like sky high. Profit margins were so thin. And we're just like, what's the point, right? What yeah. if we leaned it right out only did what was necessary, rebuilt a just like profit machine and run it the way we want to for the second phase of our business. So that's exactly where we're at. I love it. So did you sell off all of those niche sites? Do you still hold on to some? We sold off four, but a lot of them, like when I say we had 30, not all of them made money. Okay. I would say probably half of them made money. Some of them got hit by Google updates. Some of them just phased out or the product shut down. But we sold four, maybe five actually, four or five of our big sites. So we sold the skincare one, the beauty one, um, a personal hygiene one, um, uh, supplements one. Yeah, so four. We sold four. Hmm. What, what was yeah. the decision to do that based off of? To go all in on screw the nine to five. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So with yeah. Screw the 9 to 5, like what is your business model with that? I mean, there's the podcast, there's the content that you're putting out online. Um, is it just all like affiliate driven through those two channels? With Screw the 9 to 5, our biggest struggle was we have this big vision for it, right? We want it to be the go-to destination for up and coming entrepreneurs to get their businesses off the ground. But that doesn't mean that we believe that they should just be doing one thing. Like, I don't believe everyone should have an online course or I don't believe everyone should be a coach. So our struggle was always, well, how do we serve all up and coming entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, if like there's so many different business models that suit so many different personalities. And so we realized as we started shutting things down that affiliate marketing or affiliate revenue suits our business model or our business the best because it allows us to be this content hub and allows people, we have a quiz that's like, what is the right business for me? And we help people determine what is the right business model based on their personality, their strengths and their life goals. Because someone who is a crushing introvert probably doesn't want to be a coach, right? So what are the other avenues that they can use to start a business? Well, there's drop shipping, e-com, filled by Amazon, affiliate marketing. So we help these people determine what kind of online business may be the best fit for them and then direct them towards the free content on our site or through trusted partners that we believe in and we just monetize that way. So we're constantly sending people into free content, free trainings, free trials. Like we're just a we're a bunch of pimps, really. That's <laughs> what it all comes down to. <laughs> I love it. But like that's, I mean, that's very similar to what I'm doing here on the podcast as well as like helping people figure out what path they want to be on. Like I'm not here to just teach people about one like strategy. Cause like I know the audience that I'm reaching is on the younger side. So I want to provide yeah. them with like, here are all the different things you could be doing. Now, if one of these people really resonates with you, one of these business models really resonates with you, like check them out and like follow up with them and like learn from them because 
I, I know that I, being a 20 year old with only like a, a couple of years of experience, like in entrepreneurship, don't know very much in the grand scheme of things. So I'm like, let's find some people that know a lot more than me on a bunch of different areas that I know nothing about and then connect them with, with the younger audience. So I'm, I'm super on board with that mission. And like, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. And I love that you're doing that because you don't have to be everything to everyone. No. Right. That was our biggest struggles. Like, how do we serve everyone though? Like everyone's asking us about this and that and this and that. And I don't want to create all these courses, right? So Mm -hmm. who already has courses that we can check out, we can vet, we can work with ourselves and send people their way. That way you like, you just become the cheerleader, right? You're just, your job is to create the best free content you possibly can. Your job is to serve the hell out of your audience with your podcast or any content that you have on your social media or your website or whatever, your emails, and then direct them towards people you trust or have worked with that can help them achieve a specific result. I just, it's so light and easy for us that it was a no brainer when we made the switch. For sure. And like, like you said, that switch really allowed you to like lean down your business model. Um, mm-hmm. So now you guys live a pretty like location independent lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. We don't sit still. It's, <laughs> it's probably really frustrating for our families. <laughs> <laughs> so what so, do you give us some think, context? By like, um, like, okay. So we just got back from Bali, but when I say Bali, we went to Florida, then Puerto Rico, then Florida, then Toronto, then San Diego, then LA, then Australia, then Bali, then Australia, now back to Toronto. Then I went to New York, then I went to Chicago. Now I'm back in Chicago. And we have a 15 month old son. So he's like a freaking champion because he just did 17 flights in the space of four and a half months and was such a champ, didn't lose his shit once. So yeah, we get, we get around. <laughs> I guess. So where's, where's home base? Is that Chicago? No, Toronto as of right now, but we're in the mix of trying to move down to Puerto Rico. Wow. We're one of those people who are like, bring us down to Puerto Rico for the tax savings. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> John Lee Dumas is getting to you guys. Yeah, that's literally whose house we stayed at when we were down there checking it out. And we just fell in love with it there. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. I'm, I'm a huge fan yeah. of, of everything he's doing. Yeah, he's so great. <laughs> so what made you want to, um, or has travel always been something that, that you've been interested in? Mm, when I first met Josh, he was living in Beijing and I was living in Toronto. He was running a software team and I was about to move to Australia because he's Australian. And I remember him saying, because I'm his first girlfriend slash obviously fiance slash obviously wife. Um, and so when I first met him, he was like, I don't want a girlfriend. I never want a girlfriend. I never want to be in love. No one wants to travel the way I do and all this nonsense. And I was like, and he said, if I'm ever going to date someone, they have to travel. So I was like, okay, noted. Well, I'm already moving to Australia, homie. So I've got that sorted. Um, And yeah, we just, it's always been, ever since we started dating, it's been just a huge part of our life. We've never, the longest we've ever spent anywhere was probably in BC. And it was because I was pregnant, BC, Canada, British Columbia, um, out West really. And it was because I was pregnant and towards the end couldn't leave. So (laughs) that's the only reason we stayed put for that long. But other than that, we move all the time. I don't, I don't even know why we buy furniture. It's like (laughs) every time we rent a place long-term, quote unquote, long-term, we're like, this is it. We're going to settle down. Let's buy a bunch of furniture. 
literally eight to 10 months later, we're like, okay, so how do we sell all this furniture and leave again? <laughs> We've done it four times. I don't know why we keep doing it. It's like we don't learn our lesson. But yeah, we, just, we have itchy feet. There's so many places to explore. What's, what's the main draw? Is it just like all these things to see, all these things to do? Yeah, because we can. Experiences, um, just entrepreneurial communities, truthfully. Yeah. Like when we lived in Thailand, we lived in Chiang Mai for a year and a bit. There is one of the best communities of online entrepreneurs there. Um, and it was just like we were around our people. And that's why we want to move to Puerto Rico. It's the exact same thing. Only instead of living on a, <laughs> on a budget that you, gets you by in Thailand, we want to surround ourselves with people who are wealthy, successful, driven, ambitious, dialed in with their business. And those people are down, not just in Puerto Rico, but sure. there's a huge community of them building lives down in Puerto Rico. And so we just want to be around people who get us. And yeah. that way I never have to answer, but I don't get it. You guys work online. Why can't you do this? Or like, what will you do if this doesn't work out? You know, just those <laughs> nonsense conversations you have with people who are just stuck in their ways and don't really get what yeah. we all do. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to surround myself with those people. I really am not. Um, I want to be around people who are growth minded yeah. and who, who who like challenges and who like to change it up and live an unconventional life. And they typically aren't sticking around in the same place all the time. They're going to cool spots in the world. And I just want to be around those vibes. So we make it a priority. And I want to raise my son that way. Yeah. You know, like I want him to grow up, you know, making money and like setting up businesses. I always said to like my parents when he was first born, they were like, what do you think he'll do with school when, you know, if you guys are traveling? And I was like, first off, that's one, not even a consideration for like at least our first five years. Second, yeah. this kid's going to have his own lemonade stand with fucking upsells. So like, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> we're going to teach him the ropes. He'll be good. He'll be making money before you even realize it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, I mean, that's like the future right there. I'm excited. <laughs> the future generations are going to be crazy. I'm stoked. Yeah. I, the future generate, I can't even imagine how many cool things they're going to come up with. Honestly. Oh, it's a good, it's a good time to be alive. That's, that's all I know. Ain't that the <laughs> truth. Ain't that the truth. All right, Jill. Well, I have some questions that I like to ask all of my guests before we do wrap up the show. So are you feeling ready for those? Bring it. All right. First thing I'm curious about is what is something that genuinely has you fired up right now or excited? Mm, okay. So funny. Cause you are a fan of JLD. So yep. myself, Josh, JLD and his second half, other half, Kate mm -hmm. are doing a little something, something. We're having a mm -hmm. free pop-up group. We're doing a scavenger hunt and we're running a live event called Entrepreneur Island Live. Um, so we have more info coming on that, but that is lighting a fire under me right now because I'm so excited. We've never teamed up with them. We've been buddies since 2014. This will be the first time we've ever done a project together. Um, we're securing some big name speakers for this event. So I'm, I'm super excited and just so happens to be down in Puerto Rico. So That's super <laughs> I'm really cool. excited. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm having JLD on the show in about a week, I think. So I'll have to ask oh. him about it as well. You'll have, you'll have to tell him I say, hola, Juan. He'll get it. <laughs> I always call him Juan because he lives in Puerto Rico. 
<laughs> I'll be sure to pass that along from you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> you know, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business or your lifestyle? Probably my morning me time. So this is where I really like, it's changed as I had a tiny human for sure, but I always make sure I block off at least 45 minutes every single morning just for me. So whether that's going on my walk and listening to audiobooks or whether it's just reading and having quiet time, one thing I do every single morning is morning me time. It's like mine and Josh, we call it wake up and break up because we go about our routines separately. Um, but that it's, I've relied on that for years. Huh. Awesome. I love it. Um, I know you're putting out a fair bit of content right now across the podcast, Instagram, um, your website. Is there any content that you're consuming right now? I know you mentioned audiobooks, but like books, podcasts, uh, YouTube channels. Audiobooks is my number one right now. I'm in a big season of learning. Um, not just learning like certainly not learning strategies or anything business related, but really trying to improve my own mindset, my thoughts, my beliefs, change around some of my habits. Mm -hmm. um, so audiobooks is number one for me. And then a podcast, well, three podcasts I can't get enough of because they're all mindset related is one, um, Manifestation Babe. I don't know if you know her, but Catherine Zakina, I love her stuff. So um, she's a girlfriend of mine and I just support her in such a huge way and I love her podcast. So Manifestation Babe podcast. Brooke Castillo's Life Coach School podcast. Yeah. So obviously I'm not a life coach, but I just love the smackdowns she dishes out on that show. And then three, I would, this is a toss up. Like I love Amy Porterfield's podcast um, and I love James Wedmore's podcast. So it's typically a tie between those two, which one I'm binging based on my, on what I want to learn at that point. So she's mm. great for strategies and business knowledge and all of that. And James is so good for like the inner game of entrepreneurship. So whatever I'm feeling any given morning dictates which one I listen to. <laughs> I love it. Those are definitely some heavy hitters for sure. And I'll be sure to link up those in the show notes below for y'all if you're interested in checking those out. Jill, one thing that I'm also super curious about is the things that the guests that I have on the show do that, that they choose not to scale. So to give you some context of what I'm talking about, um, every day on Instagram, I'll send out like five to 10 just quick video DMs to new followers in the last 24 hours. Just being like, hey, Jill, thank you so much for the follow. Um, I really appreciate it. Let me know if there's any way that I can add value to anything that you're doing. Have a wonderful day. Something super simple like that. Um, but it's not something that I bring so one of my VAs on to like send out all day because that's not the point. Mm -hmm. um, the point is to start a conversation. So is there anything for you that has that personal like Jill Stan touch to it or things that you choose not to scale in your business? Not right now, truthfully. Sure. Um, I, although I may just steal your IG one. <laughs> I love that in such a big way. Does it take you, I know I'm stealing your question, but does no. it take you a long time? No. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it usually- But then the ongoing combos. Oh, I mean, it depends. Usually people would just be like, thanks for reaching out. But like sometimes if somebody has like an in-depth thing that they want to go deep on, like I'll, I'll go deep mm. with them for a little bit, just shoot them voice memos throughout the day. Cool. All right. So I would say probably mine is like two-on-one -on -one calls. So when we do these bonus experiences for any promotions we do, we always do two-on-one -on -one calls as one of our bonuses. Hmm. And that's very not scalable because there's only so many you could yeah. do, but I love them. I love being able to chat with people and get them quick wins and get them building some momentum and get them feeling clear and aligned with where they want to go. Um, but that's probably my best answer to that, even if it's probably a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad answer at all. That's, that's super solid. Um, now, Jill, if our listeners have been enjoying the amazing amounts of value you've been providing to them throughout this entire interview, where can they go to follow up with you, learn more about mm. Screw the 9 to 5 and everything that y'all are up to over there? 
Well, one of the easiest ways is to go to screwthe9to5.com. So that's all spelt out, no numbers, or come hang with me on IG. I know I said it's a time suck, but I swear to God, I would love to chat with you. And that's over at, um, at screwthe9to5, or you can listen to our podcast, which is over at thescrewshow.com. Screwshow.com. All right, I'll be sure to link up all of those in the show notes below. Jill, again, I'm super grateful for you and your time choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Um, do you have any last closing thoughts or words of wisdom you want to wrap the show up here with today? Mm, I just think one of the best things that I was told when we were just starting out is just keep going. Even when you feel like you're hitting that wall and you can't push past it, do whatever you can to just break through that barrier because it's on the other side of that where the magic happens. Mm, words of wisdom. Jill, thank you so much for your time. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the write a review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.